Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. I'm Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. I am really excited that you're with me today because we are going to talk about a topic that I think really needs to be discussed. And if you're like me, this is probably on your heart and you're not always sure what to do and you've made mistakes. I've made a ton of mistakes when it comes to this area. We are going to talk about homeschooling wisdom for screen time. And I want to share with you my journey in dealing with screens. And, oh, my goodness, it it is something that is here to stay as much as I wanted it to be a fad. And so I want to talk about what do we do as Christian homeschoolers? How do we help our children have wisdom when it comes to screen time? So I'm going to share you from my successes. I'm going to share with you from my failures because I think this is a topic that is imperative for Christians to form some strong convictions about in their own lives and help their children form their convictions in their own lives. So I want to take you back in time to... Well, do I tell you the years? It was in the 90s. I was homeschooling. My oldest, we started homeschooling in the early 90s, and I graduated my youngest in 2016. So I homeschooled through three decades, the 90s, the early 2000s, and then the the 2000 teens. And so I just, I saw so much change because When I was homeschooling my oldest daughter in the very beginning, and even honestly through high school, she graduated in 2003, the internet wasn't really a part of our lives. I mean, I knew about it. I knew that there were some people who went on it, but we didn't have the internet and we really didn't need it. But by the time my son graduated in 2016, the internet was on our phones And even, you know, if I was, if we were in a homeschool co-op class, some of the assignments were online assignments involving the internet. So the internet for me felt like a big monster ready to gobble up my children. And on the other hand, it felt like, wow, this is an opportunity to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And it's so easy to Google something, you know, so I just was really torn, but I think because um, I had children that were able to work their way around the Internet a lot better than I was, and I didn't even always know what they were doing, and because I'm a pastor's wife, I saw so much of the dark side of the Internet that it really caused me concern. So, um, for example, my children would tell me years later that they had – been watching these TV shows online. And I said, well, how did you watch them online? Like we never watched TV and you knew you weren't allowed. Well, they had snuck and they had a couple, two of my children had snuck online and they had watched these TV shows that were not TV shows that I wanted them to watch. And it wasn't because they were horrible, horrible, but the, the characters were very sassy and disrespectful to their parents 
and they were, you know, having experiences that I wasn't really ready for my children to have, not like evil experiences, but just growing up really fast, really young. So I also have the other children that didn't do that. They also got exposed to online games, which were wholesome games, but addictive. And even not my my child, but my best friend's son got really addicted to video games online and just would play online. And that became his life. And that became, you know, his peers and all of that, just playing video games online. Also, I noticed that I would not let my children do this, but when I taught classes in homeschool co-ops, that kids were looking up things on the internet rather than reading books and really researching a topic. So what is wrong with all that? Well, I want to address that researching online. I'm going to address that a little later, but just to say there's so much online that is not necessarily even true. And just to give you an example of how subpar so much stuff you find online is when I was I just finished a series called God Bless the USA, um, exploring states and and territories. And then I wrote several printable ebooks to go along with them. Well, I was doing one on capital and abbreviation. So state capitals and state abbreviations. But I wanted to show the difference between the state capital, A-L, and the state capital, O-L. So the capital with O-L is the building and the capital A-L is the place. So that is, you know, I mean, I thought, well, of course, everyone knows that. So I was just looking online for something. When I would Google C-A-P-I-T-O-L, cities would come up. And when I would Google C-A-P-I-T-A-L, cities and buildings would come up. And I was like, what? Did And I just realized that these were like, websites that seem scholarly and stuff like that. And I, I was like, wow, what is going on? Do people and that I'm just telling you that the education standards in our nation and are being dumbed down, dumbed down, dumbed down. But especially they are on the Internet where you just really get false information. That's not a big deal. Right. But it's still wrong. And that's why it concerns me for my children to do research on the Internet. So I want to talk about screen time and I want to talk about, you know, the different things that we have to think about as parents when we're considering how our children will spend their time online, if they spend any. So, first of all, I want to tell you that my family likes a TV show called Psych. The guy is not a psychic. He pretends to be one. It's kind of a silly detective show, but the main character is really funny. And my family also likes Marvel movies. Now, I don't necessarily like either one, and I'm going to tell you why, but it has to do with their character. The Marvel superheroes of today are nothing like the Marvel super, or nothing like superheroes of long ago that had integrity, that had character, that it, they're just very, very different. And with Psych, the, the main character of Psych is lazy. 
He mooches off his friend. He mooches off his father. He's disrespectful to his father. And he's super funny. The shows are super funny. But there's a scriptural principle. Proverbs 30, 13, 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So we become like those we hang out with, even if it's characters on a TV show or superheroes in a movie. So if your child is really into Marvel superheroes or your child is really into a TV show like Psych, which my children love, but the main character isn't godly, isn't honorable, then they're hanging out with those characters and they are going to pick up the bad character traits. So you, it, it doesn't matter that we're not in person with them. It still is a true principle. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harms. So what do you do? Do you tell your kids you can't watch TV at all? Do you limit those shows? I'm not here to give you answers. I am here to open some things for you to think about and make decisions for your family. So for my family, what I've tried to do is bring back some old shows because older shows tend to have better morals and they tend to have characters that are more godly. So there's some TV shows that um, I have I've thought about over the years that I've tried to introduce my children to like um, the Waltons, Little House on the Prairie, um, Eight is Enough, Dick Van Dyke show. Andy Griffith is such a good show. So there's older shows like even just going back a couple of decades, you get a more wholesome environment like the early episodes of Home Improvement. And things like that. So I have tried to bring some of those older shows in so that my children can get at least a taste. When they were little, I would let them watch old Brady Bunch episodes. And I've invested in quite a lot of DVDs so that my children can watch some shows that are are more wholesome for them to watch. So that is one thing that I have done. I haven't fully like I haven't fully limited some of those shows but I just talk about it with them I say you know what here's the deal this character is not in any way godly he's constantly mooching off he's doing this he's lazy and they're like yeah I know mom okay so realize when you watch that show you're hanging out with him and that's going to impact you so they have, because of discussions like that, limited how much time that they do watch those shows. Now, keep in mind, my children are adults, so this is different. It's not like I'm, you know, setting all the boundaries. Some of them don't, most of them don't even live in my house anymore, but I can still bring things up to them that they'll pray about. So screen time affects your attention span. When my kids were really young, I would limit their screen time to half an hour a day. That was my older kids. So they could watch basically one show a day 
because I wanted my kids to read and draw and paint and create and play music and play outside. And I didn't want them to waste hours in front of a phone or a TV or a computer or a tablet. But what if they have wasted years? What if your children watch four hours a day or they play three hours of video games a day? Or what if your child is on screens all the time? Then what do you do? Well, it isn't too late. And you can try doing things cold turkey, just saying, okay, from now on, we're all going to turn in our phones and put put our phones in the basket. Now, I'll let you have them for these hours during the day. So there's there's a lot you can taper down, but I think really what is important is for children to understand and teenagers to understand that the amount of time they spend in front of a screen will impact how hard their school is. If they want school to be really hard, then they should spend lots and lots of hours in front of their the screen because It will change their attention span because everything on the screen is so fast paced. Move, 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 move. And that's not how our studies are. Our studies are slower. It takes time and energy and attention to read a textbook, to read a living book. So I just, if children understand that reading and limiting screen time will help them for the rest of their life to be good at what they want to be good at, it's much more likely that they will cooperate and they will be willing to limit that screen time as well. You have to realize that things on TV, TV shows, video games, online games, you know, like the Scrabble and the Solitaire, Even Instagram, moms, I know that you get on Instagram and you scroll through because I will find myself doing that. I get on Instagram and next thing I know, I've been on there for an hour and I'm thinking, what on earth am I doing? Why am I on Instagram? And it really, it really is not a helpful hour of my day. It's okay if I browse through for five minutes, but an hour. And so Instagram, video games, online games, TV shows, movies, they're all created to be addictive. They're created for us to be tracking and they're created for us to want more and want more and want more. The reason they're created that way is because if more people watch them and watch them longer, then the game creator, the TV show creator, producer, they're going to make lots more money. So the things that capture our child's attention, it's not because there's something wrong with our child and they have an addictive personality. It's that the things they're watching, the things they're doing have been created to cause them to be addicted. And so too much screen time is creating addicts everywhere across the world. And do we really want a world full of addicts who have short attention spans, who are driven to just play the next video game, to watch the next show? Is that the kind of world that we want to be part of? Or do we want our children to be different than that?
Another thing to keep in mind when we're dealing with the internet is pornography and predators. And I have done a couple shows on pornography and predators and grooming, but I just really want to encourage you to think through this in a very sober-minded way. If the internet was a mall with 10,000 stores, 9,900 of those stores would be pornographic or sexual in nature. That is the truth. There is so much sex and so much perversion on the internet. The internet sells sex. The internet sells sex slaves. It's a haven and a stomping ground for sexual predators and sexual sex traffickers. So you can say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Let me tell you, I do know what I'm talking about. Not only from researching the facts, but also because I, as a pastor's wife, I cannot tell you how many families I've sat with where in one family, the girl was playing video games with who she thought was a boy her age. It turned out he was a middle-aged man and he got her to the point where she was taking off her clothes and sending him pictures of herself naked, sending him pictures of herself in her underwear. And this was a sexual predator, an adult sexual predator. Not like it would have been okay if it was a boy her own age, but it would be very unlikely it would have gotten to that place because the guy who was pretending to be a young boy was a groomer. He was a sexual predator groomer and he knew exactly what he was doing. There are so many situations that have I have experienced like that where girls have sat with me in tears and some boys and said, I don't know why I sent that stuff. I don't know why I did it. I just wanted to be, I don't know why it was, it's not that I wanted to be accepted and they're groping. Why did this happen? Because groomers, sexual groomers know what to do to get young children, young teenagers, young adults to capitulate. And the internet is a dangerous place. And it is, it's just not, it's, it's something that we allow our children to get onto. Maybe, oh yeah, mom, I'm just playing video games. It's all kids, you know, my age. Well, do you really know that? And even if they're all kids your age, could one of those kids be a sexual pervert or a sexual predator? If you don't know personally the kids you're hanging out with, and even if you do know them, don't assume you know everyone well. We are moving into an age where so many people are addicted to pornography. So many people are addicted to sexual perversions, and you really need to safeguard your children. But you need to instill in them a love of purity and a desire to be safeguarded. And the final thing is that researching online, I think if anything the last election taught us, it's that Google, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter have a political agenda, and they use it aggressively. And when you research something on Google, you will find pages and pages from the left-wing agenda that Google has, and you will not find anything 
that presents the other side of a more conservative viewpoint, of a biblical viewpoint. And that's really concerning to me. And you do have to know what are some new sites to look for, what are some creation science sites to look for, if you're going to research online. And I know this is so true because we're doing a research paper. I teach a class online called American Literature and Research, and I told them I really want you to read books. Well, of course, they all want to Google online. And so one was Googling stuff about the Vietnam War. And I said, and she shared with me information. I said, well, that's fine. But I'd really like you to also get some information from the other perspective, from a more conservative perspective, because this is just one look from one side of the issue. And she couldn't find anything. And I had to go to sites that I knew were conservative to look for things to be able to send to her. So I have in my show notes, remember this is episode 159, a list of conservative news sites and a list of um, creation science websites as well that your children can use for research. If you want your child to look at both sides of a political or moral issue, then you need to show them where to look. Um, and yes, they can look at what the left has to say, what, you know, the progressives have to say. That's fine. But they also should look at what conservatives, what do Christians have to say as well. So to sum everything up, we need to teach our children that they need to remember that TV characters and movie characters they watch often will impact impact their own character. It will change who they are. Our teens need to know that screen time will limit their attention span. Our teens need to know that social media sites, online games, and almost everything else online is designed to be addictive, especially pornography. They need to know that predators and sex traffickers prowl online regularly for children, teens, and young adults. They lie about their identity and their purpose all the time. If someone has a seared conscience so that they would prey on children, young adults, and teens, they do not care about lying. And so we're really battling such an unknown enemy because they don't think the way we think. And finally, if they're going to research online, they need to remember that the search engine Google and many other search engines actually has a political agenda that is contrary to the teachings of scripture. You see, we live in a world where we have to use the Internet. We can use it safely, but we need to not just protect our children. We need to share these truths that I've shared with you and envision our children to take part in protecting themselves. I know that when I got saved as a young woman, I was 16, and very soon I was off to college, and, and there were all the things that are going on now were just beginning, but they were there, and there was constant temptation. I remember that the cry of my heart was, Lord, I want to be pure. I want to be sexually pure. I want my mind to be pure. I don't want it polluted by things that contradict scripture. So when I'm in class, Lord, show me what is not biblical. Show me. When I am interacting with guys, I've 
help me be pure. Show me if I'm doing anything that brings disgrace to you or would harm my brother. And one thing the Lord had me do was memorize First Thessalonians 4, 1 through 12. And it's all about being pure and not treating people as objects. It, it, the focus is sexual purity, but it ends with you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And I think if we can envision our children to honor God and live for God, then they will have such an easier time in making choices because if we don't do that, we're just saying, here are my rules. This is what I don't like. And then our kids think, oh, mom just doesn't like video games. But if they know, well, here's my concerns about video games, that they shorten your attention span. And I know you want to be a doctor. And that's going to be lots and lots of reading. And this is going to wage war against your your academic career. So you need to make the choice, of course. Once you leave my home, you're going to be making all your own choices. You're not even going to have to follow my house rules. But why are you doing what you're doing? Can you press in to know the Lord and live for him? And can you bring things to him? Lord, how how much time do you want me to spend playing video games? Lord, I, I Googled, this is what my children did. One of my children did. They Googled the word naked. Um, they were like a preteen and they were starting to have hormones and stuff. And so instead of coming and talking to me and I would get out my anatomy book and talk to them, they were too embarrassed. So they Googled that. And then they were just showered with invitations to see pornography. I mean, showered for years. And they finally came to me and they're like, mom, I'm not looking. I'm like rejecting it all, but it's really tempting. It's really hard. And most kids just look. Most kids, by the time they're 16, have seen more pornography than you and I can imagine. And so we we did some things like we moved computers all out of bedrooms and they all had to be in the homeschool room in the common area where, you know, at any time that you were on the computer, someone could walk behind you and see what you were doing. Um, and that included any kind of screen, no TVs, no phones, nothing. Everything that was a screen was in the public area of our house. And that really helped. But I just, I do want you to know that it is hard to resist temptation, especially if you don't know why. If if kids just think this is what you think, but if you can show them God's call to us to be excellent in everything we do, to honor him and align with his word and to set ourselves apart to be pure for him. If we can envision that to our children, and if we can explain why we have the rules that we do about screen time, it will really help them in making life choices that are wise and helpful. So anyway, again, you and I may walk away with some really different standards and some really different um, set of boundaries, but 
I just hope and pray that you will consider these things and you will cry out to the Lord for wisdom in protecting your children, but also in instilling in them convictions that cause them to protect themselves for the rest of their life. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.